So she's going to teach us how to brush our teeth. Do you brush your teeth right now? How do you do it? How do you do it? Hmm? What? <laughs> okay. okay. So, Listen sweetie, remember I showed you Listen. this is a brand new toothbrush I got for you? Do you want to hold that? Can you hold it for me? All right, turn around and give Daddy a big, big hug. Sit with me. So, Daddy, we're going to do this just like I've met you for the first time. We've okay. not rehearsed. All right. She wraps her legs around your waist. Okay, like that. And then you put your knees together. Okay. You're a nice platform, and we, you and I, are knee to knee. Okay. And then Eden. Lay okay. your head back. Lay back. Here, I got Lay you. Ooh, you very go. nice. So Eden's two and a half years old, which should mean that she has all of her primary teeth. And what I'm going to do is go ahead and do the brushing first in case sure. Eden loses interest. So one thing you want to do is give your child your undivided attention. Sure. Okay, sweetie pie. So okay. we're going to tickle your teeth open. today. And yeah. she's a good patient. She's doing so good. You're doing very good. So daddy, hold hands. Okay, Eden, I got hold you. hands with daddy. Now say cheese. Oh my gosh, these teeth are so pretty. <laughs> so very light grasp on the toothbrush so you can control and very gentle strokes. We're just removing soft plaque and soft, soft saliva and bacteria from the gum line and brushing the teeth. Stimulating circulation and getting them shiny clean. Open big, let's get the back ones. Ah, now I'm very lucky because Eden is a super, super good patient. But if a child okay. didn't really want you. to do this, it's a wonderful, comfortable position, and I want to encourage all patients, parents rather, to, to take this. the tooth yeah. brushing out of the bathroom and into the family room. Gotcha. Well, so that's good. Doing this on the couch, doing this with mom and dad, and giving that child your undivided attention, it feels so good, and it's so much nicer than standing in the bathroom. You can also do it in the shower and do it in the bathtub. That's cool. all works good, too. But You're standing in the so bathroom good. when it's hot and the bright lights is not as comfortable. Does that feel good? It does. Give Daddy a big hug. Good job, dude. Okay. Okay. That was good, right? Super soft toothbrush, okay? super tiny oh, strokes easy. in this lap-to-lap -lap position. Oh, so let's try my special she flosser. Floss. She has a flosser, just like what we have. I'm very, very lucky today that we have Eden, who is an She's excellent so helper. Well, we floss. She knows she this. She knows then. how to floss. Yeah. So being that Eden is two and a half years old, she has all of her primary dentition open big. Let's see the backpack. Has she been to the dentist? It looks no, like she has not. Okay. So we're looking for any discoloration, redness in the gums, white spots on the teeth. All of these may be signs. Open big. Let's do the backpack. That there's some cavities starting. When Eden reaches age four, the dentist will want to take about one x-ray on each side of her mouth to examine in between the teeth where we can't see with our eyes to make sure that the teeth yes. are strong. Yes. We can also use our string, wait, she's get a hug. Wait, one more. Get Notice one more how hug. she just gets up on her own when Good she wants job, a break, dude. she gets a hug, yeah. she gets okay. a pat on the back, and then that's we get to the, use the silly the string. That's regular floss. Wanna try it? So again, what's it. great about Ready? this position is dad has a lot of control. Child is extremely comfortable. You can see much better than if she were standing up. She's a little person. I'm not so little anymore. Yeah. So how would I be able to Good see job, real well? Dude. Usually in the family room, you've got an extra lamp yeah. next to the couch. If sure. she, When she's a little older, she could lay down on the couch, put her head in your lap, the same sure. place that you would sit to read or watch TV. Yeah, that's cool. So, okay, Eden, want to do the top teeth? Want to do the top? Okay, let's do it. 
to the top, and then we're done. Such a great patient. Good job. You man. must have a really, really special grandpa. Mm-hmm. I know he loves you. Grampy's watching. He is. He's my friend. <laughs> okay, love. Let's see your tongue. Can I see your tongue? Oh. Lay back down. Lay back down. I can see real good. <gasps> Let's look open. Ah, ah. Ooh, and check the roof of the mouth. Ooh, she's almost upside down. Your tongue is perfect. <laughs> good job. All right. You did it. So that's the lap to lap position for pediatric home care. Uh, definitely take the brushing out of the bathroom and take it into the family room. Any other things you want to tell people? Well, I mean, just some rules of thumb for, for child's health. Um, first dental visit is actually written to be at first tooth. Uh, most of that is education for the parents to make sure that we just prevent dental health problems and just check development. Uh, she's two and a half years old, so with a full dentition, you would definitely want her to be seeing the dentist every six months. They're examining now for decay. They're examining for gingivitis and redness, examining for... Uh, proper home care. We would be applying fluoride in the office to prevent decay and strengthen the teeth. Uh, like I said, at age four, she would start having uh, checkup x-rays, and that is a ballpark. It depends on the developmental age of the child. So if I had a very, very tiny four-year-old who was very uh, timid in the chair, we might try to wait six months for the x-ray exam. Uh, all of this is done uh, by the dentist with the hygienist. Um, there's a fabulous pediatric dentist in Delray Beach that I would highly recommend. That's go okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Dr. Young, who's right downtown with a beautiful brand new office. I've worked with Dr. Young with some charity events, and she was great to work with, and the patients and the staff love her. So um, if you have any questions at all about where to start, that might be a good place. Even if you don't live in Delray Beach, I'm sure that they could make a recommendation for someone in your area. Um, so my mom was never worried about my temporary teeth because my baby teeth, because they were gonna fall out anyways. So we weren't big on brushing before the permanent teeth came in. I'm sure that was terrible advice, right? <laughs> well, it's actually a really good point that you make, and I'm trying very hard to train myself not to call the baby teeth, baby teeth, but rather to call them primary teeth, because they really are our first teeth. And you'll see 12 and 14 year olds that still have them, and they're certainly not babies anymore. Sure. One of the main reasons that we wanna preserve the health of the primary teeth is because child dental disease is one of the leading causes of illness and missing school for really? kids. Yes, it's actually one of the chief reasons that kids will miss school. I didn't know that. So it is painful, Yeah. it is upsetting, it's, it's difficult for the child to recover from a dental experience that was dental treatment. I mean, I remember the first time I got an injection to be numb and I cried and I was a sophomore in college. <laughs> so it's not easy for a young person. I still cry every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yesterday. Those are tears of joy. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but the other reason to preserve the primary dentition is of course for eating, for s proper speech development and social reasons. I mean, even a young child who's missing their front teeth or missing back teeth, they have other complications. These teeth also preserve the space for the developing permanent teeth that are going to erupt in that position. So it's a little bit um, unfortunate maybe that our physio physiology has our permanent teeth developing behind or more posterior to our primary teeth. Mm -hmm. 
we're going to get those six-year molars that are permanent teeth before we're going to use the lose the primary molars. Gotcha. So if they lose what we don't want to call baby teeth anymore, mm. this six-year molar can migrate forward into space and then block out the permanent teeth. So you're looking at a lot of complications. So chewing, talking, smiling are super important, but preserving the primary dentition to hold space for the developing permanent teeth is super important. Nice. Any other urban legends, myths? Um, urban legends, myths. Um, like that one that we don't have to care about primary teeth. <laughs> mm. I don't. I don't. Um, I don't personally believe that pregnancy causes tooth loss. Is that a thing? Do people think that? That's an that's an urban myth. I lost one tooth with every baby. You'll hear oh, wow. things like okay. that, or the baby stole all the calcium out of my teeth. I personally believe that um, some of these dental problems that young... I would imagine that pregnant moms are just distracted by being pregnant and aren't taking care of their teeth as well. Very good point. Yeah. I think that they're snacking because of nausea. Sure. I think that um, they're not maybe able to care for themselves as well during pregnancy. Morning sickness. Morning sickness when the baby's teeth. first born yeah. and they're 24-7 on the baby schedule. Um, I also think that some of the dental problems were starting already right. in their late teens, early 20s. And by the time they started having babies, they had matured enough to cause sure. problems. Makes sense. So it's just chronologically coincidental, yeah. but not really a causative relationship. Yeah. Cool. Anything else about kids you want to um, I do want to talk about fluoride. I definitely believe that fluoride in proper concentrations and proper delivery helps the health of the teeth. I know that there's a lot of people that don't want to give these chemicals to their children, and I totally get that as well. And it's just like a lot of other things that we do in life. It's a proper balance and a proper application. Um, children that have fluoride treatments have less decay. So we're not talking about doing um, prescription strength fluoride every single day, but sure. rather twice a year properly applied in scant amounts. The treatment that I would do for a child Eden size would be a, a quarter of a milliliter on her teeth once every six months. So barely anything. So barely anything, yeah. and it's it's a, a five percent, uh, uh, five thousand parts per million. It's I mean, what would that be? Point zero point zero 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 five, zero five yeah. concentration. So it's yeah. very trace amounts, but it's uh, very helpful. Um, and what does that do? It remineralizes any decalcifications okay. and strengthens the existing enamel. Gotcha. Um, one more thing is I, that I definitely am for a firm believer in sealants applied. So sealants are a resin coating. I think I had that when I was a kid. And you probably did because yep. you're a young, younger person. They were really just kind of being done more regularly in the 70s when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. um, absolutely prevents decay when properly applied in the right timing. So you want to start looking at around age six for the permanent molars to be erupting in the mouth. Some six-year-olds can tolerate sealants. Some you might wait till they're seven or eight or nine years old and apply them properly before any staining, before any breakdown of the enamel on a very clean, healthy tooth. And is there any risk of like a cavity getting caught under that sealant? And then yes, that can happen. That mm -hmm. certainly can happen. I, I still find that um, in a lot of the places where I've worked, especially when children are at a greater risk for mm -hmm. decay, you know, due to maybe less access to care, 
they're still applying sealants and sometimes there's some belief that it can arrest early decay. The ideal thing is taking those children to the dentist when the teeth are erupting and finding that exact right interval to do the sealant properly. Um, sealant's best applied uh, in a dental office, of course, with two operators because the tooth has to stay completely dry. There, there's some sealants now that can be done in, in a wet environment and that's a good, a good improvement. Um, as far as dental and preventive health, mm -hmm. fluoride water. So we talk a lot about fluoridated water for children. Sure. We are talking about four to six ounces a day of fluoridated water. Is that like the squish I used to get in school? No, that was a fluoride treatment. Okay. So that was probably a 5,000 parts per million liquid. Gotcha. Nice, it's all we had back then. Yeah. But certainly not as effective as some of the creams and varnishes that we have now. In, in the dark ages of 1987 or whatever. Right, yeah. in the 80s when yes. you were young. <laughs> yes. Um, we had the same thing in the 70s when I was in elementary school. We were all brought down to the cafeteria and we were asked to swish for a minute right. and spit out in the garbage can. It was great fun way to get out of class. Yeah. Um, we're not really showing now that uh, the liquids and the gels and the foams have enough staying power. They don't stay on the tooth long enough to be super effective. Okay. So you're going to find when you visit the dentist that they're going to be using a sticky formula. We call it a varnish. Mm -hmm. And that allows the fluoride to have contact time with the tooth. It's thousands of percentage points more effective. Huh. Um, but fluoridated water. So your filtration system in your refrigerator does not remove fluoride. Oh, cool. All right, which is a good thing for a dental professional, but those parents that don't want their children to have that, they sure. would want to have a special filter to remove that fluoride. Four to six ounces a day of optimally fluoridated water for ideal tooth development. So tooth development. Fluoridated water is swallowed. It only treats the teeth that we don't have yet. Okay. It treats the developing teeth systemically. Gotcha. So it's not going to help my teeth or your teeth. It's not even going to help Eden's teeth. All right. It's going to help her developing teeth. Interesting. So up to because, the age of... Because it goes into the system and... It's fed through the bloodstream. Gotcha. Okay. The teeth come in stronger and more resistant to decay. Wow. So four to six ounces a day from um, childhood till maybe... 13 years old, depending on uh, your child's physiologic development. So that's, we're, that's we really talk cool. about birthdays and ages, but it's really more about your physiologic development rather mm. than your birthday. Right. Um, I had no idea. That's really interesting. If they're getting water at school or water at the ballpark or water from a water, water fountain, they might be getting enough fluoridated water and you don't really have to worry about giving more. Right. You can buy exactly the right water that you want for your child. So when you're talking about an infant, who's receiving nutrition from formula, you don't want to use fluoridated water okay. because all they're getting is nutrition from their water. So gotcha. it might be more than they need. So you're going to buy nursery water, which is non-fluoridated water from the grocery store. Okay. All right? Mm -hmm. After that, if you don't want your child to drink city water, but you do want them to have fluoridated water, mm -hmm. you're going to buy optimally fluoridated water from the grocery store. Okay. And you're going to give them four to six ounces a day of that water. That's really cool. Yeah. So I noticed you didn't use toothpaste with Eden today. What's your, what do you I think about toothpaste at a young age? I think that the thing we want to make sure of with children, that's a super good question and I mm. wouldn't have remembered to bring that up. <laughs> so thank you for that. That's what I'm here for. So the one thing about toothpaste is we don't want to use our toothpaste on our children. Okay. It's too spicy. 
they're going to say spicy. They're going to say hot. They're right. not going to want that in their mouth. It's too strong for them. Mm. But specifically, flor uh, fluoride toothpaste. Children should start fluoridated toothpaste at age two, even if they don't spit very well. Okay? So you're using such a scant amount on the toothbrush that the benefit to their teeth of using the fluoridated toothpaste far outweighs the risk of them swallowing that toothpaste. Okay. So why do I even bring it up? Swallowing toothpaste, toothpaste itself is much stronger than fluoridated water. And if a child swallows an excessive amount of toothpaste over a period of time, it can negatively impact their developing teeth. Okay. We don't want them swallowing toothpaste. So if they overdose on fluoride or whatever the um, minerals, chemicals are, it goes the other direction. Yeah, I don't like to use the word overdose, right. but there's that, there's a yeah. there's a therapeutic effect to ingesting fluoride, right. and then there's a tipping point at where they Ingested. may be getting too much. Okay. So we want our child to spit out, but at age two, we want to start using fluoridated toothpaste even if they're not trained yet to completely spit. So in order to do that in the safest way so that it's safe and beneficial for the teeth, but we're not putting the child at risk for excessive fluoride ingestion, we're going to use a tiny, tiny trace amount. I've heard people say like the size of a pea. Is that right? I think that's too much. Okay, even less. I'm talking about a little schmear, okay. a little wipe. Gotcha. And I like to, to think about putting it down into the bristles a little bit. Okay. Because I don't want that pea to sit on top of the toothbrush and kind of fall off and be swallowed all at one time. Right, right. So we're talking about a little smear. And then rub it in. And then I like to think about putting it down into the bristles of the toothbrush. Like smearing butter on bread. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you're going to use a child's tooth toothpaste, so a child's flavor. Um, prior to age two, two years old, mm -hmm. they have what they refer to sometimes as training toothpastes, and these are soft flavors without fluoride. Okay, and it's literally just to get kids used to toothpaste. It's it's literally just get to get kids used to toothpaste. Um, studies show that there's really no great benefit to toothpaste. Okay. It tastes good. It feels soapy. We feel clean. Mm. And it provides fluoride. It's more work, so we feel like we're getting a better effect. We don't need it to clean our teeth. Mm -hmm. We actually don't need to use toothpaste to clean the teeth. It's the mechanical action, or the what I call mechanical action, but the physical scrubbing of the toothbrush that cleans the teeth. It's not the toothpaste. It's not the soap, we'll call it. No, the toothpaste yeah. is nice, and we like it, and there may be other benefits and other ingredients. For us, adults, desensitizing, the fluoride, the mouthwash flavors, and all that stuff that we like. But uh, for children, you want to use uh, non-fluoridated toothpaste up until age two, a child's training toothpaste. After age two, you want to use a child's appropriate flavor. They have strawberry, they have bubble gum. Um, anything stronger than that would be, probably most children would consider it hot or spicy. Mm -hmm. They're not going to let you brush very long. Right. So you're going to defeat the purpose, but you do want to add fluoride. The, the toothpaste making us feel like we're doing a good job reminds me of when they started putting, when you needed an, an egg to do brownie or cake mix. Uh -huh. You know that story? I, you've told me, but I'm happy yeah. to hear it again. Yeah, it started just with, you know, the cake mix was just water, but people thought it was too easy. So no, you know, um, mom would, self-respecting mom would make a cake or brownies where you could just add water and it made a brownie. Um, so they changed the recipe up and added a step where you had to crack an egg and put an egg in there. And because it was more work, and um, more fun. And more fun, right? And it felt like you were cooking because you yes. had to break an egg open. Um, those things sold like hotcakes, pun intended, um, as opposed to the other ones that didn't. Didn't really need to be there, but we like it. But yeah, it feels like you're cooking. It's very, more work. Very much like toothpaste. Doesn't really need to be there, but we like yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Can we switch gears? Of course. 
All right. So I know, Eric, your business is is pool safety and pool fence. And child safety in general. Yep. And child safety in general. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the things I really wanted to bring up, which I'm sure you're as much or more of an expert on as I am, mm -hmm. is pool safety and dental safety around the pool. Okay. So one of the main reasons a child will lose a tooth early is because the tooth gets knocked out. Okay. So we can talk about what to do when the tooth is knocked out. Mm hmm and what to do when the tooth is bumped. Gotcha. And what to do when the tooth is chipped. Gotcha. Okay, so where do you want to start? Wherever you want. Uh, well, we can start with the, the easiest. The most bump. likely thing is the bump. Okay. All right. So a child bumping their baby tooth is super, super common. Um, it can be super scary for the child. It can be uncomfortable and scary for the parents. Sure. Um, we would do want to have a dental exam, even if it's a young infant, uh, up to whatever age that tooth is bumped. Um, the dentist will want to take an x-ray. How do you define a bump? Just literally fell down, hit their tooth? Fell down, hit the coffee table, hit the floor, hit the side of the pool. And everything and looks cried. okay? Um, everything can look okay. Yeah. You could see bleeding at the gum line. Mm. You might suspect a tiny chip. Sometimes mm. tiny chips of the edge of the enamel is something we can live with. We don't need to treat. Right. A really, my experience with an excellent pediatric dentist that I worked with in uh, North Carolina, Dr. Michael Agnelzi, we really don't want to be doing a lot of dental treatment on very young children. Sure. It's hard for everyone. It's especially hard for the parents. Right. But uh, we want to also make sure that if there's pathology or dental infection going on, that we're treating that as early as possible. So it's always a balance with what's more likely to cause the child pain or danger. Sure. So bump the tooth, see the dentist. They're going to take an x-ray. They're looking for root fracture up under the gum line. They're looking for the tooth to have been displaced into a position where it needs to be digitally wiggled back in place so the child can close their mouth comfortably. Okay. I've seen this done. The child cries for a minute or two and it's over and it's fine. Gotcha. They're looking for um, trauma to the tooth which causes the nerve to be damaged. We do do baby tooth root canals. They're not like the root canals that you and I would have but they need to be done on certain patients uh, when we see abscess. Um, that tooth needs to be examined at, at the time of the accident. Usually it's one month, six months, and one year. What should the parents look for in between the dental visit? They're looking for, I think it's four, a list of four. Changing color to the tooth doesn't necessarily mean that the tooth is dying and needs to be treated. Sometimes it's actually a healing response. Okay. But a pink or a brown or a gray, we're going to look for a color change. We're going to look for uh, the child to become sensitive. You hand the child a popsicle, they cry and make a face and hand it back to you. Okay, so we're looking for increased sensitivity to the tooth. We might be looking for a blister or a bubble or a pimple on the gum line. That indicates that there's an abscess draining there. And the fourth thing, um, I guess, would be redness around the gums. I'm okay. trying to remember the list of four. So parents are going to be watching for signs and symptoms, signs being something that we can observe, symptoms being something the patient reports. Ow, mommy, that hurts my tooth. Uh, we're going to go back to the dentist at one month, six months, and one year. And the dentist will assess uh, the frequency of whether they need to take a dental x-ray, watching for the tooth to be changing. So that's a bump. What about a chip? That's a bump. A chip... Again, Probably a, a chip can be something we can live with. It's yeah. certainly the same protocol. Go to the dentist as soon as you can. Have a dental x-ray. Uh, the chip we're talking about now is like if a visible portion of the tooth is broken off. Mm -hmm. 
Sometimes that needs to be sealed. Sometimes that needs to be restored. Sometimes if dramatic enough on a primary tooth, it might need to be extracted. Gotcha. And what about permanent tooth might be somewhat different. We okay. would like to try to possibly rebond that portion. Sure. I've seen that done. Um, we want to maybe um, preserve that permanent tooth. We can switch gears to permanent tooth in a moment. Sure. Baby tooth being knocked out is not replaced into the mouth. Okay. Sometimes it just makes your child look a little bit older. If they're missing a tooth and they're six, they might look more like they're seven and a half. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I've seen cases in pediatric dentistry where a child lost their anterior teeth. Is she leaving? Bye, Eden. Goodbye, Eden. Hey, come say goodbye. Okay. Later, guys. Bye. See you later. Thank yep. you. They do do um, cemented baby partials, little bridges that go in to really? give the child just this. Yeah, this is usually done more because the parents want that. Right. Just uh, for children actually do quite fine when they when they lose a tooth. Yeah. They do okay. Um, it's not as common for a back tooth to be knocked out, but if a back tooth is lost, you do want to see the dentist to uh, assess whether or not a space maintainer needs to be done. Again, this has a lot to do with developmental age of the tooth, of the child. Um, but we can switch gears and talk about a permanent tooth. Okay, we're still talking about chipped? Because you wanted, we did uh, bumped, chipped. Bumped and chipped. Chipped or broken may need to be treated. What about knocked out? We'll do that first. Baby tooth knocked out yeah. is generally not replaced. Let's take the child to the dentist. Uh, we're going to do palliative care, which is get the child comfortable. Make mm -hmm. to make sure that the entirety of the tooth has been lost. Right, because you could have it like snapped off at the base kind of deal. You could have that. You yeah. could have a, a, fra a fragment of the root still in place. Mm -hmm. You could have fracture to the adjacent teeth. Okay. So we might knock out one tooth and have fractured another. Gotcha. So it's a dental visit and it's an x-ray. But it's yeah. but that baby tooth is not re-implanted. Gotcha. Okay. Do they put a spacer in sometimes, maybe? For the front, that's not usually done. Okay. In the back, it, w it would need to be done. Okay. Um, it's a little complicated, too, if the child loses and usually not knocked out, but might lose a back tooth early, uh, if there's not a tooth to use for a space maintainer. But this is why you visit the pediatric dentist. Gotcha. So, Perfect bigger case. problem. Yeah. If we knock out a permanent tooth. Right. So now we're talking about a seven-year-old, an eight-year-old mm -hmm. who has their two front teeth, their Christmas teeth or the laterals, and they've... What are the Christmas teeth? Uh, all I want for Christmas is my two front, front teeth. teeth. Okay, yeah. Okay. I've never I heard that. those are Christmas teeth. That's funny. So um, I saw a patient just yesterday who spent all day the day before at the skateboard park, but then broke his front tooth and intruded it in a simple like at home playing around with my my friends accident nice. so this can happen um when we knock out a tooth in its entirety so the tooth is dis let's start with the tooth is displaced it's not in the right position mm -hmm. if you can w grab the tooth and wiggle it back into its proper position do that do that as quickly as you can if you can't get the patient to the dentist as quickly as you can at this point we're not saying look you know look in the yellow pages and establish with a new pediatric dentist for your ongoing and continuing care we're talking about get that patient to the nearest dentist that can see them within 30 minutes oh wow okay yeah let's say the tooth is in your hand or on the ground or in your patient's hand the tooth is gently washed off it is not scrubbed okay you don't want to you don't want to scrub the exterior of the right. tooth and right. the cells that are on the outside of that root rinse it off gently in water stick it back in 
Okay. Stick the tooth back in. Gotcha. So you're re-implanting that tooth into its socket as quickly as you can. Right on. Sometimes we don't want to do this. We can't do this. We have a crying child. We don't know what to do. Right. Next best thing, put that tooth into the child's mouth, just between the tooth and gum, okay. if you can. The, so it's the right temperature and it's the right environment and it's going to keep the tooth hydrated and, and it's in their own saliva. But like ch chipmunk it back in Chipmunk it back into the child's mouth. Okay. Child's hysterical, doesn't want to do that, can't do that, don't feel comfortable doing that. In the mother's mouth. Okay. Don't feel comfortable, don't want to do that, that sounds disgusting, I can't do that, I'm crying too. Mm. In a glass of milk. Okay, why milk? I don't know why. Probably okay. proper pH. Calcium, the whole thing. My yeah. guess would be proper pH. Okay. That's a good question. Okay. I, I, I'm probably right that yeah. it's proper pH, yeah. but we can look it up. It's white like the tooth. I don't know. I don't, not, yeah. It feels right. <laughs> you <have> to, <laughs> yeah. Um, and rush that tooth and the patient directly to the dentist for reimplantation. Okay. Okay. I don't, we don't have to go into great detail about what the dentist will do, but the tooth is stabilized. I would have never thought to put it back in or, yeah, or definitely not to chipmunk it. That's, like, that's kind of cool. Right, just jam it in there. Yeah. yeah. The tooth is, the child's going to recover much faster than mom and dad. Right. To that trauma. <laughs> yeah. um, but the dentist, there's a, there's a series and a protocol for treatment. Uh, the tooth is stabilized in position. You're hoping that the body just welcomes it home and it becomes stable. That stabilization is usually a wire and bracketing. That can't stay there. That has to be monitored and it has to come off in a couple of weeks. Okay, so that's something that the dentist will help you with. And that's, again, I'm not a pediatric dentist or a specialist in that right. area, but I did sleep at a Holiday Inn Express last night. <laughs> no, actually, I've assisted with these traumas, and it's really important that there's a lot of follow-up with the patient. Perfect. So what um, do you recommend for kids with loose teeth, you know, um, you know baby, um, primary teeth that are you know, getting ready to come out? Um, should they wiggle them loose? Should they let them come out on their own? Should we yank them? What's the correct thing to do? I think the correct thing is it depends on the tooth and it depends on the parent and the child. I, I kind of miss having loose teeth, by the way. I, I really enjoyed as oh a kid my gosh. wiggling out my teeth. And yeah, it was one of the, my joys of my life. And I'm sad I'll never get to do that again. So unless I punch it's myself. clear that you and I are what keeps the earth on its balanced <laughs> axis. Oh, you were not a fan? Because nobody was getting near me when I had loose teeth as a child. Yeah. You weren't going to look at it. You sure weren't going to check it. Let's just let me check it real mm -hmm. quick. And you weren't going to touch it. Well, I didn't want other people doing it, but I liked twirling no. it around with my tongue <laughs> and like rocking it back and forth. And it got really loose. You could spin it and move it. Like, I loved everything about it. Like, I, I, I really <laughs> am upset that I'll never get to experience that again. Was, the teeth that you're describing, we call I call it ETW. Okay. So, encouraged to wiggle. We okay. definitely want the child wiggling that tooth, pushing on that tooth, well, getting that tooth out. I was doing the right thing then. You were doing the right thing. Yeah. So, we definitely encourage the child to wiggle. Uh, these teeth do need to come out. There's a lot of bacteria that's trapped under there. The developing tooth wants to come in. I, we don't want that bacteria being held against the developing tooth. Um, I do see children though, that it's not time for the tooth to come out. They mm -hmm. see their friends losing teeth and they want to lose teeth. So they start to wiggle their teeth. Right. So it's just appropriate. Again, we're assuming that parents are going to be taking their children to the dentist every six months and taking them to the dentist whenever they see something developing and they're not sure. Starting at what age? Start Starting actually at first tooth. Okay. First tooth. And as I said, that's a lot about parents' dental health education. It might sound crazy 
to take the child to the to the dentist at first tooth. And for sure, there's people that are going to hear that and say, that's wrong, that's not right. It was age three. Up until very recently, it was age one. Now it's first tooth. Gotcha. We're seeing an increase in childhood dental decay. Soon it's going to be within 20 minutes of delivery. <laughs> you know, right, so right I, I just say, first tooth, take a picture, call grandma, take them to the dentist. Got it. Um, this is about education. So we're, we're going to be talking to our parents about proper brushing, wiping the gums with a, a soft, wet washcloth gently or with a gauze, mm-hmm. stimulating blood flow, cleaning the bacteria off of the gums. We're going to be talking about what's in the baby bottle, when do they have the baby bottle, and not having a baby bottle at bedtime. We're going to be talking about thumb, passy, and sippy cup, what age it's time to break those habits for the child, um, why we want to break those habits for the child. It can definitely affect their dental development, the shape of their jaw, and cause future problems. So age two would be the age at which you want to start weaning off the pacifier. A thumb is a big uh, challenge for parents. Um, why? Because I always have it with me. Yeah. And um, But you just want to do a lot of encouragement with the child to break that thumb habit as well around age two. So what can happen with the thumb? Um, the sucking of the thumb and the pacifier can actually change the shape of the jaws. Okay. It's a lot of vacuum and a lot of pressure, so it brings the sides in and narrows them. That can lead to problems with their bite. It can also cause what we call open bite or that sort of vaulted circular when mm-hmm. we bite together, we have an open circle in the right. front. That's a very difficult thing to fix with orthodontics in the future. If you can get the child to stop the thumb and the, and the pacifier or the finger sucking habit, yeah. most of the cases, the, uh, the proper forces of lip and tongue pressure will allow the jaw to just kind of mold back into its proper position. I've seen it uh, work very, very well. I've also seen it not work. Mm. So uh, it's a difficult thing to correct with orthodontics alone in the future if that open bite persists. Perfect. Anything else? Um, Well, I don't know. We could just talk forever about teeth and kids and safety. (laughs) But um, I think the the real important thing is to realize that kids are going to bump their teeth. They're going to knock them. They're going to chip them. Um, It's super important that we're... Even with the baby teeth, we're not just saying, oh, that's a baby tooth, it's fine. We want to check and make sure that that root tip was completely lost with the tooth, that there's no fracture to the bone, the jawbone around the teeth, or the other teeth. Continue to follow up um, at whatever your dentist recommends, but it's usually one month, six months, and one year. We want to watch for those changes at home, color change, pimple on the gums, redness, and the patient reporting sensitivity. Um, If a permanent tooth is knocked out, Time is of the essence. That tooth needs to be reimplanted. I think it's within the hour. That's crazy. Into the patient's mouth, ideal, into the mom's mouth or into a, um, a glass of milk and bring bring the patient and the tooth and mom go directly what to about, the dentist. What about dad's mouth? Is dad's mouth okay or only mom? You know, I think dad's mouth is okay. Is it okay? It's okay. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe brother, sibling? Any, any, I mean, any, well, you know, any, if well, the any, brother's willing to do it. Will any mouth do? I guess any mouth would do. Yeah, Fair any enough. mouth would do. Okay. It's the right temperature, the right environment, but the child's mouth is the best. Milk is probably going to be the best choice. Um, I think we've actually, and again, I, I'd have to check. I think we actually had somebody put it in saline, like like salt water right. into the office. But I would just do water at that point. If I yeah. didn't have milk and I didn't have a mouth, I would probably just do water. Right. Hopefully you have a mouth with you. You don't want the teeth to dry out. And you, want to, and you don't want to rub them. You want to gently rinse them and stick it right back in on site if you can. That's awesome. 
I want to see that happen in my lifetime. <laughs> I don't want to see that happen I do. in my I, lifetime. It'd be fantastic. You could probably YouTube it. I, I want someone's <laughs> tooth to fall out so I can tell them like, hey, you got to stick it back in. And they look at me like I'm out of my mind. And then when they say no, I'm like, all right, then just chipmunk it by the cheek there. That's exactly like, right. And they're like, oh, that's, and I'm going to show them the video. I'm like, look. That is exactly right. Yes, Jessica Cooper said this is what you do. <laughs> the renowned, legendary Jessica Cooper. Fantastic. Okay. Um, I don't know how long you usually do the podcast no, we're good. for, but orthodontic evaluation at age seven. Okay. Why age seven? We're not putting braces on the teeth at that age. You're looking for the potential for future problems. You're taking a panoramic radiograph where you can see all of the developing teeth. You're looking to see that those teeth are developing um, bilaterally at the same rate in a proper position for ideal eruption. Do you have any questions, by the way? Nope, good. Um, you're looking for uh, jaw discrepancies, so you can, you can use Mother Nature's help and apply a little pressure and tease that development into the right direction. Okay. You're, you're trying to stave off excessive surgical treatments later if you can, but age seven, do I think that you can have that evaluation at your dentist? Yes, I do. Um, but we're looking for baby teeth to have excess spacing. Um, primary teeth. Yes, primary teeth. Uh, not baby teeth. teeth. I, I was told. I'm working on that. Baby teeth is the wrong terminology. The I'm correct terminology. I'm working on that. Thank you so much, Miss Cooper. Is you're, primary you're, teeth. You're exactly right because again, you. we're going to keep these teeth to sometimes age 14. Right. I've seen 10 year olds with a full adult dentition. I've seen 14 year olds that had primary teeth still. There you go. So it's a chronological development. Um, what were we talking about? You were orthodontic before, eval. Before I corrected you, yes. Yeah, orthodontic <laughs> eval. That's my favorite thing. Um, you do want to see excess spacing in your child's primary dentition. Okay. Lots and lots of space in between the teeth. If your child has perfectly lined up, perfectly straight teeth. That's not good. Some people would call that moderate to severely crowded. Oh, wow. If their baby teeth are crooked, it's severe crowding. Huh. So we want to see large, open, excess space, ideally. It doesn't mean the child's gonna have you know tremendous dental problems, but it would mean that you'd be taking them to the orthodontist at that age seven and not waiting. Interesting. So you're looking for things like um, excessive over jet or the top teeth are way out in front of the lower teeth. Ideally, they're gonna be in this relationship. Mm -hmm. You're looking for teeth that are crossed over and not spaced widely together. You're looking for underbite. You're looking for crossbite when the six-year-old molars come in. What's crossbite? The upper teeth are inset to the lower teeth. Okay. So crossbite, you're and you're looking for that um, what the textbook calls socially debilitating malocclusion. What is that? That is my child won't smile. My child's getting teased. These are indications for early adult uh, early orthodontic intervention. Gotcha. So again, studies show that you do what you need to do, get in, get out, get the braces off, and then you reevaluate for tooth position at the age 13 or whenever they have all their permanent teeth. When people normally start getting braces. When people normally start getting braces. We call that a phase one and a phase two. I feel it's super, super important. I would almost say that a phase one is more important than a phase two because you're talking about growth and development versus perfect tooth alignment and perfect rotations for a perfect smile. Yeah, it makes sense. And, you know, I had braces for four years um, from age like 12 to, I guess, almost 16. 
and they didn't do much. So maybe if I got, you know, started earlier, it may have had a better result. You know, it's possible. And, outcome, and, you know? But, you know, we don't know and we missed that window. Um, I have a good friend whose child is 10 years old and I'm strongly encouraging him that he's he, we want to get that child to the orthodontist if if appliance therapy or any sort of therapy needs to be done we're trying to take advantage of growth and we're also trying to do this while everything is still soft and gushy before all those bones fuse and we don't have as much opportunity to use forces to grow that bone into the right develop, uh, dimensions so i'm guessing appliance therapy means that it has some kind of braces and not a refrigerator yes okay. yeah it, not my dishwasher. some sort of a, some sort of banding and brackets and rubber bands in the mouth gotcha um there's some things that uh, I mean, I've seen children do incredibly well with removable appliances that need to be done, and you need a special kind of patient and a special kind of parent right. to do that. It requires diligence, but it's amazing and thrilling when it works properly. I saw a young girl change her shape from a convex profile with uh, an underbite, and she was able to use, we banded the back teeth, she had uh, some rubber bands, maybe some bands in the front, and it's called a face mask. And she put that on when she got home from school and wore it all afternoon and slept in it. And she was able to help to advance her maxilla. Uh, she looked like a different child in wow. about a nine-month period. It was great. That's cool. It's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Anything else you want to wrap up with? Brush floss and see your dentist twice a year. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're awesome. All right, later, guys.